Boy, what a good morning it's been. Uh, woke up, the sun's shining this morning. A little hotter for my taste. I enjoyed a couple weeks ago when it was a lot cooler. I carry a lot of natural insulation, so I enjoy the coolness. Um, I'm ready for it to be here, but God creates every season for a reason. Um, my grandpa always used to say, in the longer days, they're made for working. They're hard, they're hot, but you get a break whenever you get into wintertime because the days shorten up and you need to rest in that fact. Um, I got a question this morning, though. Title of my sermon today is is a checklist religion, and I believe that we're living in a world today that has a lot of checklist religion in it. And so, this morning I'm going to do things just a little bit differently. Um, this morning, if you would, I know we just got done standing for a long time, but if you would stand, Annika, if you would play just a little music this morning. Um, what I want to do is I want everybody to take the opportunity to clear their hearts and to clear their minds this morning, because this morning we came seeking God. This morning we came to seek an encounter with God. If you didn't, now's the time to change your heart and change your mind to a position where you're here seeking the ever-living presence of God in your life. That's the sole purpose of being here, to fellowship with one another and to seek a God that created you. Amen? That's why we're here this morning. I'm going to open up the altars this morning before we even get started because I feel, I feel like there's a cleansing and a redirection of mind that needs to take place this morning before we get started. So if you've got something else on your mind this morning, if you're thinking about other things, if you're thinking about lunch afterwards, if you've got anything else on your mind this morning, I want you to come forward and I want you to get rid of it. Because for the next hour, hour and a half, however long the Holy Spirit of God has us here, This morning, we're here to honor and glorify God in His name. We're here to get into His Word together, His living Word. We're here to fellowship together, talk and learn and grow together this morning. So come up this morning, get rid of everything else that's on your mind so that we can dedicate, if nothing else this week, we can dedicate this hour to God. Because we got to get right in our mind, church. God is calling us to be a people that are thinking about Him. We've got to get right in our mind, church. We've got to start doing the things that God has called us to do. We've got to get rid of ourselves and replace it with Him this morning. So I'm asking you to come forward if you need to. Empty out yourself. Get rid of self this morning. And let's fill it with the Holy Spirit of God this morning. Come pray if you need to. anybody else this morning it's not too late thank you this morning Uh, I believe that a unified body is a powerful body and he calls us to unify in spirit and in mind and in presence so if you would let's bow this morning let's pray gracious heavenly father God I am so thankful Lord for the opportunity to be here Lord, not only physically, but mentally. Lord, I pray that my heart is in check this morning, that every purpose is you. God, that every desire I have would be a kingdom desire. God, that I would be here fully to represent your kingdom, your light, your love, and your mercy. 
God, that you would wipe my slate clean this morning, Lord, that there would be nothing inside of me left of me or left of this world. God, that you would fill me wholly this morning. God, that you would use my mouth to bring forth your word. God, that the songs that were sung holy were for your glory and your purpose, God, and nothing else. God, that everybody that stands before you this morning, God, is here for your purpose. God, I believe that you've designed this morning carefully and craftfully. Lord, that there's nobody here by mistake this morning. God, that you designed this moment for lives to be changed forever. Lord, that you had a, a divine meeting with each and every purpose, each and every person here this morning. God, with your purpose in mind. God, I pray this morning that we would be sensitive to your spirit. God, we wouldn't ourselves choke out the spirit, but God, let it run free this morning. God, let it circulate through here. God, let us feel you this morning. Lord, I pray for every person here that if there's anything standing in between them and you, God, that it would be cast out and cast down this morning. God, that we would have an encounter with you today. God, that we would desire you more today. God, that we would get more intimate with you today. God, that we would come to know you better today. God, I pray for all these things. In your son's holy and precious name, amen. I was reading uh, a book by A.W. Tozer this morning, and I come across something that had been laid on my heart all week. And it's talking about reading God's Word. And when I talk about a, a checklist religion, I'm going to tell you that all checklists aren't bad. You know, they're great for starting something, they're great for setting goals. But I want you to know that there shouldn't be in to your checklist. When you set a goal to pray four times a day, and you say that I'm going to pray when I wake up, I'm going to pray at 11, I'm going to pray at 3, I'm going to pray when I go to bed. That's a great. But there shouldn't be no end time to that. Checklist to start, but not an end. Because I want you to know that if the Spirit of God lays on me this morning and I go preaching till 1 o'clock today, some of you guys might get mad and some of you might leave. But I'm going to stand here and I'm going to do what the Spirit of God tells me to do. Because the Spirit of God is what we have to listen to, not a time set forth by men that we should start and end church. I'm not here to serve the world. Guys, I'm not here to serve you. I guess I am in a way. But first and foremost, I'm here to serve God than what God would have for me. And I want you to know that the, the spirit inside of you, the spirit, God's spirit inside of you should move you. But that's what I'm talking about, a, a checklist religion where we check into church, we check out of church. We check into prayer, we check out of prayer. Right? Things to do this week. Pray, check. Church, check. Sing, check. But it's got to be deeper than a checklist. It's got to grow deeper. We, he desires a relationship with us. When he says, I stand at the gate and cast judgment, and he says, depart from me, I never knew you. It means you didn't have an intimate relationship with him. This church, this church can't get you to heaven. Jesus Christ is the only person that can get you to heaven, and it's through a relationship with him. Can you and will you get there? 
Now we're here today to unify in that spirit. That Jesus Christ died on the cross to bear our sins. It says, I can't imagine the weight that he carried there. Can you imagine carrying the weight of the... Man, my own sin bogs me down. Like, bogs me down. I can't imagine carrying the weight of the world on myself. I want to read this passage. This is from A.W. Tozer. It says, The Bible will never be a living book to us until we are convinced that God is articulate in His universe. Hold on, that's not what I want to read. Okay, here we go. If you would follow on to know the Lord, come at once to the open Bible expecting it to speak to you. Do not come with the notion that it is a thing which you may push around at your convenience. It is more than a thing. It is a voice, a word, the very word of a living God. I want you to think about that this morning as we gather here today. And I can assure you as I prayed this whole entire week that God would move today because I believe that if we get a church coming, expecting an encounter with God, we will have an encounter with God, right? That's where we got to get past the checklist. You come just to satisfy your notion that you feel like you need to be in church and you check mark it off. We're not here for a check mark. We're here to truly live, to truly experience God. And I prayed all week this week that God would move today like no other, and I believe that He already has. Because God told me to open up the altars to start with so that we could get on a clear conscience and away from ourselves into His presence. Amen? God's working already. Through His Spirit that lives inside of you, I want to open up with 1 Corinthians 3.16. It says, Know ye not that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. You are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwells inside of you. This is after you have accepted Jesus Christ as Savior. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God dwells inside of you. You are a temple, right? You are a temple of the living spirit. Do we understand what that means? It means God lives in us. He not only created us, but now he lives inside of us. Why? You ever do something that you really shouldn't be doing and that, like, man, I really, <laughs> I probably shouldn't be doing this. Or you hide it because you know you shouldn't be doing it. You know, anything that you have to hide to do, you probably shouldn't do. Right? If you have to hide it from everybody else, you probably shouldn't do it. Although now our society is becoming a little more lax at what you don't have to hide, and it's okay. That blows my mind. But we should really take a look at ourselves and examine our lives and, and ask ourselves, if I am a temple of God, and the Holy Spirit lives inside of me, am I acting like the Holy Spirit lives inside of me? When I open up God's Word, do I expect Him to highlight verses? Do I expect Him to speak to me when I open up His Word? See, we go all day in His creation, right? God created everything for His glory. He's not just talking about man. You ever notice how grass and flowers point towards the sun? They lay one way or the other because they point towards the sun, right? They grow towards the light. Do you ever notice that? 
You ever notice a true person of God when they're really growing and when they're really passionate and when they're on fire, guess what? They're growing towards the light. They're pursuing an effective relationship with God and intimacy that goes far beyond checking off a bark that I came to church today. If you're going to checkbox that mark, I hope that that's your beginning and not your end. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, I've got a designated time where I'm praying because my schedule is full. Designate that time at 9 o'clock in the morning, whenever it is for you. Go get in that prayer closet, take a break, whatever you're doing, but don't designate an end time. Because if God starts speaking to you, don't cut him off. See, that's the thing with today that we run into a lot of problem to. Even if the select few do recognize the voice of God, we cut it short because we're so busy, right? Because life is overwhelming and it's, it's busy and we don't have time for that. We don't have time for that. I want to go to John chapter 2, starting in verse 13. John chapter 2, starting in verse 13. This is a familiar story. It's often talked about when talking about anger and sin not. Um, I haven't got that one yet. If anybody has, congratulations. That's a big step forward. <laughs> anger and sin not. It's not in me yet. I'm growing there, but I'm not there yet. John 2, starting in verse 13. It says, And the Jews' Passover was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changers of money sitting. And when he had made a scourge of small cords, he drove them all out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overthrew the tables and said unto them that sold doves, Take these things hence, make not my father's house a house of merchandise. And his disciples remembered that it was written, The zeal of thine house has eaten me up. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, What sign showest thou unto us, seeing that thou doest these things? I'm going to stop right there and I'm going to back up. Jesus came to Jerusalem. And what he found in the temple was people that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changers of money. We're the temple, right? The Holy Spirit lives inside of us. What does it find when it comes into the temple of God? What is Jesus going to find when he comes into your temple? It's a question I'm asking you this morning. It's a tough question. If they examined you this morning, if Jesus Christ came back this morning and you were face to face, see, none of us come to church expecting a real encounter with God, right? We don't expect God to fully intervene on us during this hour. We come because we want to hear about it a little bit. We want to talk about it a little bit. And ultimately, we want to encourage and fellowship with one another. But how many people, and answer me honestly, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many people came expecting this morning a divine encounter with God? I would be shocked if it's over 25% that came expecting a real encounter with God this morning. But see, that's what I'm talking about. Jerusalem was sitting there in the temple doing these things, not expecting an encounter with Jesus. They were harboring these things. They were exchanging money. They were selling things out of the temple of God, using it for other purposes than to what? Honor and glorify God. They were using it for all the wrong reasons. And Jesus came in and said, not in my father's house. You're not going to continue to do this here because this is a place of worship. 
This is a place of praise, honor, and glory that my Father owns, and everything that should be done in here should be dedicated to Him. So I ask you again this morning, what are you doing with God's temple? That's why I wanted to clean house this morning before we got started, right? I wanted to clean house. Toby Mack talks about, if you've ever been to one of his concerts, he says that he prays and he prays and he prays before he starts writing music, that God would empty every ounce of his being and fill him with the Holy Spirit so that he can be a reflection of God's light, not his own purpose. And if anybody doesn't know who Toby Mack is, he's a singer. But we've got to think about this because this morning, this week, and I was... (laughs) Anita, bless her heart. God speaks to me in a lot of different ways, and I changed scripture this morning. I usually don't text her my scripture until Saturday morning because, or Sunday morning because of that. I had scriptures all this week, and I woke up this morning. God's like, oh man. And so I'm like, oh man. (laughs) I got to go get in this, and I got to know what he's saying. But he showed to me this morning the scripture, and he said, We're a temple of God. What is it that you're harboring in my temple? Because see, God created us. Even our last breath is not our own. This hair on my head is not mine, it's His. The air I breathe is not mine, it's His. It's only borrowed. So whenever I use oxygen, I breathe it out, and I, I breathe out this poison, guess what? His creation takes and purifies what I've taken in and then breathed out. And He repurifies it, right? We're a temple of God. We truly are everything about us. Right? There's so many purification systems inside of your body where you take in junk and your body purifies it to use it. Why? To glorify Him. But it has to be purified first. Right? So for us to be a good temple of God, we've got to allow Jesus Christ in to clean house. We've got to allow Him in to clean house. Because guess what? I fill up my temple with all kinds of stuff. Thinking about what I'm going to do this week and Misty's starting back to school, and the kids are starting back to school, and what needs to be done on the farm, right? Guilty. Man, I fill up my body with all kinds of stuff. But I've got to get back to the point where I fill up my body with God, the living Holy Spirit, and then these things in my life just happen. God understands that you've got stuff to do. He created it, right? He knows that when the weeds get tall, the farmer's got a brush hog. He knows these things. But guess what? You don't have to think about money sitting on a tractor. You don't have to think impure thoughts while sitting on a lawnmower driving a nail. Guess what? That scripture you read this morning, think about that. Think about that devotion you got into this morning. Think about the song that you heard on the radio this morning. And allow the world to just happen. Jesus came into Jerusalem And he cleaned house. And he said unto them, starting in verse 16, that sold doves, take these things hence, make not my father's house a house of merchandise. So what are you making your father's house today? What are you making your father's house this week? What did you make your father's house last week? Did you have it cleaned up? Did you have it swept and cleaned, ready for the arriving of our Lord and Savior? Because we don't know when, do we? I think if we did, we would go up to the point in the last week, you'd be like, oh, shoot, yeah, he's coming next week, so i got to start, this junk's got to go, right? 
I mean, that's what we would do. I honestly believe that's what everybody on the face of this earth will do if they knew when their time was coming. They would live a life of filth and all kinds of things, and then right up to the end be like, oh, shoot, yeah, my time's coming. i got to clean this up real fast. That's what we would do because we're just human nature. We're people. 17, he said, And his disciples remembered that it is written, The zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. I want you to know that that comes from Psalms. Psalm 69.9. Don't flip there. I'm just going to go one verse. It says, Psalm 69.9, For the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up, and the reproaches of them that reproach thee are fallen unto me. David was talking about the house of God is just eating me up. I'm overtaken with it. I can't think about anything else. That's my heart's desire. That's what I long for. It's taking control of me. That's where I'm at today. I can't think of anything but God and Jesus Christ and the things that He's done for me. And I want to shout from the rooftops because I'm just ate up with it. Amen? That's where we need to be. That's where the church of God needs to be. Ate up with His house. That's what I'm talking about. Clean all this other trash out. Because what the world has to offer you is garbage. I'll say it in French. Garbage. It's trash. It's disgusting. You watch the news? Garbage. Trash. Hate. Lies. Deceit. Money. Racism. It's all hate and anger. That's what the world is feeding us. The world is feeding us trash because they want to fill up the house of God. Satan wants to fill up his temple. Satan wants to fill up your body, your mind, your spirit. He wants to take every ounce of your being and just fill it with garbage. But that's not what Jesus says. Jesus says, I want you to get rid of all this stuff. I want you to get rid of everything that doesn't have to do with me and my Father, and I want you to throw it away. Put it in the trash where it belongs, because it's garbage. What I have for you is life, and I want you to have life, and I want you to have love, and I want you to have grace, and I want you to have mercy, and I want you to have my forgiveness, and I want you to go show people everything that I am through the way that you talk and the way that you walk in the way that you live, in the way that you care for people. That's what I want from you because I want to feel your entire being. I want you to feel my spirit from the tips of your toes to the hairs on your head. And every time you walk somewhere, people can't sit but think, what has that dude got going on? Man, look at the way he walks. Look at the way he talks to people. The compassion he shows. What is the matter with this guy? Right? Because that's what the world's going to think. What's the matter with him? I was walking into a gas station one time, and the manager had had some family troubles and, anyway, all kinds of different things. And I walked in one day, and I was, I don't know, I was singing something. I, don't, I sing a lot, and it's weird. But anyway, she's like, why are you so happy all the time? How is that even possible? I want you to know that God took over my voice and he said, because I serve a good, loving God. I would have never have thought of that. I just want you to know that. I would have never have thought of that because that's a great answer. It's the perfect answer. Because I serve a great and loving God. 
That's the reason I can be happy when everything else around me is falling to pieces. Because God is not falling to pieces. God is not falling apart. As this world grows darker, He's not getting dimmer. He's light, period. He's love, period. He's the beginning and the end, right? When we live a life to Him, it doesn't matter what this world is experiencing. Why? Because we just live here for a brief second. We're of it. We're not in it. We've got a bigger home than this. This is temporary residence. You're shacking up in an apartment because your home's a glorified mansion sitting on a street of gold, amen? That's where my home is. The house we just built is an apartment. Hopefully somebody else that comes next in line to get it will experience the same blessings that we have been. I want to live a life that where people can see that nothing inside of me but the Spirit of God. Jesus came in, cleansed the temple. That's what He does in us. That's why I wanted you to know that you're the holy temple of God and you house the Holy Spirit. What the world has to offer us is trash. In verse 18 it says, Then answered the Jews and said unto him, What sign showest thou unto us, seeing that thou doest these things? Jesus answered and said unto him, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Sound familiar? Three days, I'll raise it up, he says. Destroy this temple. Three days, I'll raise it up. It says, verse 20, Then the Jews, forty and six years was this temple in building, and now it will rear it up in three days. Right? Material thoughts. Material thoughts. That's what they're, they're thinking. Oh my gosh, it took us 46 years to build this thing. You want us to tear it down? You say you can do it in three days? No way. Jesus wasn't talking about the physical building. He was talking about the temple. The temple, when we talk about baptism, right? When you get a, a temple filled with the Spirit, saved by Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit enters you, you're baptized, right? Buried in the likeliness of His death and resurrected a new temple in His creation. What? Now it's all starting to make sense. I'm not this smart, guys, promise you. I am not the smart to get this stuff. God showed this to me this morning. This is good stuff, guys. This is exciting things. He's saying, get rid of the temple that you built. Get rid of the temple that you built, that the world helped you build. Cast everything that you are off. Tear it down, get rid of it, and I will build in you something that is everlasting. I will build in you something that's holy. I will build in you something that's righteous. It's going to last forever. Tear down what you've created and allow me, allow me to rebuild it. And it won't take very long. And when I build it back, it'll be perfect. It'll be perfect. I want to switch over to Acts. Acts chapter 2. This one gets me excited. This chapter right here gets me excited. Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 41. Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 41. This is what I'm talking about when we don't have a checklist religion. This is what happens when we allow the Holy Spirit to reign freely with not being governed by ourselves. 
Verse 41, it says, Then they gladly received his word, were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Amen? I want another day like that. I want God to use me in this church so much that one day we're like, we're not having services here today because this building's not big enough. We got to go find some water because I feel it coming today. God's going to do a revival and he's going to bring us people and he's going to speak to them through the spirit of God and they're going to receive it. And today the church is going to receive 3000 souls and they're going to wonder what the heck's going on down at the creek. Because there's going to be a whole lot of dirty water below us, right? We're going to wash it clean, man. I can't wait for that day. But it's a church allowing Jesus Christ to cleanse their temple. Because people want it. People desire it. Why? Because God created them for that. Some people don't know what they want. Some people don't know what they desire. Here we are. A walking, talking example of the kingdom of God. But we have to allow the spirit to run freely. We have to say, all right, God, today I'm yours. You know what? I'm not going to white knuckle that pew back. Today I'm going to the altar. Today I change. Today I'm going to cast off every care that the world has handed me. And today, God, I take on your yoke because you tell me that it is easy and it is light. And I can find rest in you in this crazy mess that we're living in. That's what I want in my life, God. And when you pray it from the heart, when you pray it from the heart, He gives it. That's it, man. You just got to desire it. You got to want it. And then He gives it. It's that easy. We had a little kid baptizing the other day. He's like, I didn't know it was that easy. It's that easy, man. Come on. You know? I mean, a lot of times we just complex these things, but it's that easy. Verse 42. It says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Write that verse down. Write that verse down. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 this is what the young church did. This is what the young persecuted church did. It says they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, and in breaking of bread, and in prayer. It says, and fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles, and all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house and did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church such as should be saved. He added daily to the church. Because why? They were in his word. They were praying together. They were breaking bed, bread together. And they were fellowshipping together. Under one accord. One God. One purpose. There's strength in numbers. There really is. 
The lion, if you see them stalking a herd, do they go for the strongest and the biggest, baddest to pick off? Nope. They look for that weaker one that's lagging behind. But guess what happens when the lion stalks it? The herd gathers around it. It's nature. God created it, right? God created the perfectness of this world. Everything that you see is perfect because God created it that way. The defilement that you see is us and our sinful nature. The pollution, the erosion, things of that nature, that's us. The earth, given time, will heal itself from all the bad things that we've ever done to it. So we have to remember that in God's perfect creation, in God's perfect creation, if the church can get on the same page, His body, I'm not talking about this building, I'm talking about the children of the one true King, can unify together, can pray together, can study His Word together, can fellowship together, can commune together. Not, well, I believe this happened in, in 35 B.C. Well, I think it happened in 37 B.C. I don't care. You know, there's some things worth caring about. The little things like that that tear our churches apart, I don't care. So what if you tithe more than somebody else does? Who cares? Who cares if you dress nicer than the person sitting next to you? I don't care. But what is your heart saying? You know, he talked to the Pharisees. Clean the inside first, worry about the outside later. Because why? If you get the inside clean, it will come out. If you clean the inside, the cleanness will come out through you. We're talking about a unified church here in Acts, receiving the Spirit of God for the first time. There's four things that he said in there that the church needed to do to succeed, that they added people daily. It says they stood steadfast in the apostles' doctrine. They didn't check mark it off. All right, I studied this morning for 25 minutes. Check. Said they stayed steadfast in it. They studied it. They remembered it. They allowed God to write it on their heart. And then what they do next, it says they fellowshiped. How many of us have time for fellowship anymore? Right? It's a tough commodity to come by to get people to come spend a little time. Most of the time with Baptists, you offer food, you get a few more people. It's just the way it is. But how much time do we really spend fellowshipping, getting to know one another? Not as much as we used to, I can assure you that. Not as much as we need to, I can promise you that. God says we need to spend time together. Spend time together with like-minded people such as you. Why? Because it does a body good. It does a body good. Yeah, we need to go out and we need to talk to the lost, but we need to spend time, real time, with people like us. We need to fellowship together. We need to talk about God's word together. We need to encourage one another together. That way our herd, when we see somebody limping, guess what? We can surround it. And I'm talking about the body of Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about this church or this building because we have a name on the front of it. I'm talking about believers in Jesus Christ, the children of the king coming together to help one another. I've got nothing against this church. I don't want you guys to think that. But it's about the body of God. It's about doing His kingdom work, first and foremost. 
Next, breaking of the bread. Communion. Communion is of the utmost importance because we remember what Christ did for us. It's a remembrance of what He did for us and also if you read about it, it's a promise of what to come because He says, until I shall come. It's a promise that He's coming back. So we remember the breaking of the bread and the, the drinking of the wine, but also a promise that He's coming back for us. Amen? That's a good promise because, man, I don't, know, I don't know where we're headed. It's not great, right? I fear for my kids and I pray over my kids, but my kids will know who God is. Guess what? That makes them not of this world. Amen? It's the best thing we can do for our kids. If they do nothing else, nothing, allow them to know who God is. Allow them to accept Jesus Christ as Savior. The world may mark them as a failure. Let them mark away. We know who the true mark is. We know where our assurance is. I didn't say insurance because we're deeper than that. Our assurance, our blessed assurance, not fire insurance. He wants a relationship with us. He wants to seek Him, to follow Him. And the last of the four thing is prayer. They prayed together. They studied God's Word together. They fellowshiped together. They broke bread together. And they prayed together. 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 I can't say it enough, together. Because we all bring individual idols in the door as we come, right? Right? We cast Satan out of this place. I don't know how many times I've stood up here and I've prayed over these pews and I've cast Satan out of this place because he has no place here. He has no place in my house. I've prayed over my house. My wife has prayed over our house. We pray over our house because Satan has no place in my house, in my marriage, in my kids' lives, in my church. But guess what I do? I open that door up and I bring him in. I bring him back in, right? Because of selfishness. Because of idolatry. Because I'm mad. I bring that crap into my life. And it's junk. It's junk. That's why we got to pray together. That's why we got to fellowship together. Because the weight of this world gets hard. The weight of this world gets unbearable. But guess what? You're not made to carry it alone. You're not made for it. You're not made to carry it alone. He says, come to the foot of the cross, hand it off to me. The Bible also says to help carry the weight of one another's sins, the burden of sin, until they can carry theirs. And then guess what? Probably at some juncture, you're going to shift off some of yours to them. Because that's how we work in fellowship and in unity of the Spirit together. Lastly, I want to flip to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. I want you to think about this verse. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. Isaiah got pulled into heaven and got a vision. And in verse 8 it says, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send, and who will go for us? I want you to listen to what Isaiah says. Then said I, here I am, send me. Anybody just feel that? 
goosebumps up here. Here I am, Lord. Here I am standing in front of you. God, send me. I'm willing. I want to go. I want to serve your purpose, your doctrine, your grace, your mercy. Here I am. God, send me. That gets me emotional. Because God says that the harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few. Not very many people will stand in the presence of God and say, God, here I am. Here I am. As broken, as wretched as I am, God, I'm willing Send me. He didn't know what he was being sent for. Had no clue. Why? Because it doesn't matter. If he told us, we probably wouldn't understand anyway, right? If God would have told me at the start of my journey, my call to preaching, what he was going to do in me, I would have been like, yeah, okay. It's <laughs> a good one. But Isaiah stood in the presence of God and said, God, here I am. Send me. He was full of God's Spirit. There wasn't an ounce of him in that declaration when he said, here I am, send me, because he was willing to sacrifice everything that he was, everything that he is, and everything that he was going to be for the kingdom of God. I think some of us have forgot when we accepted Jesus Christ and said we would be a holy temple to the Holy Spirit, we forgot that we said that. We forgot that we said, Lord, this isn't my life. It's yours. Take it. We forgot that we said, God, I need you. I want you to be controller of my life. I think some of us have forgot that. That's where we get to this checklist religion. Because we're not here today to serve an hour so we can check it off. We're here today to have a divine encounter with God, our Father, whether it takes an hour, 30 minutes, or three hours. doesn't matter. Because here I am, God. Use me today. If I have to stop to help somebody change the flat on the way home and I get my church clothes dirty, who cares? Who cares? If you're late to church because you had to stop and help somebody or somebody needed a visit, who cares? Be the living, walking testimony of God's kingdom. James says, don't be hearers only, but be doers. Don't just come to mark it off your list of things to do on a Sunday. Because that's where we've gotten. Shallow. Because when we talk about standing in a gap, and we're talking about this gap is approaching us. If you haven't seen that in the world that's surrounding us, there's coming a time where you're going to have to stand. You're going to have to stand in a shallow relationship with God. Listen, I'm not your judge. I'm not. But I want the deepest relationship with God that I can have when the time comes that I am called to stand because I want to stand on God's strength and I want to stand on God's promises and I want to stand on God's mercy and God's forgiveness and God's love that he has given me the tools to stand because he says that he will. I want to stand. I want to say, God, here I am. Send me. It doesn't matter. 
I don't have to know what you're sending me to. I don't have to know what I'm doing right now. I just want you to know, God, that I am here in your presence. Send me. I'm willing. I'm willing. That's a deep relationship. That's more than surface level. That's more than checking a box off on Sunday, saying that you read your Bible for five minutes, you got in your daily devotion, but you read through it so fast because you got other things on your mind. Yes, I prayed, and I prayed for five minutes, and I said everything that I needed, but I never gave God time to respond to me because you weren't seeking a divine encounter with God. You were giving Him a list of things to do. Guys, this hurts me as much as it hurts you because I'm guilty of everything that I've said this morning. I'm no different. But I pray to be different. I want to have a more intimate relationship with God. I want to know that on the day I can stand on His promises that every person in this world is telling me to do something different than what God wants me to do, that I can discern His voice because I've been in His presence and I've heard it and I know what it sounds like and I know what He's telling me to do. I want it, man. Because this world is going to tell you a bunch of things and you need to know when God is speaking to you. But if you never take the time because you've got other things to do, then guess what? You've never took the time to have a relationship with God. Because Jesus says the sheep will know me by the sound of my voice. When he comes back to call us home, are you going to know what his voice sounds like? Man, that scares me. I want to spend some real time so that I know. So that I know for me, right? So that my family knows that I can tell them what to look for and what to listen for and to stand on His promises and say that if you seek God, you will find Him. I love it when my kids pray over something really simple and then they come to me and they're like, Dad, God answered my prayers. It's the rested assurance in a six-year-old and an eight-year-old that God is real and He is there and He wants to have a relationship with you, not just a checklist encounter, but a real outstanding relationship where you talk and you can see Him and you can hear Him and know that He walks beside you and that He walks before you and that He's going behind you cleaning up your past. I get excited about that stuff, man. To see God work in my kids' lives is one of the most awesome things that I've ever seen. Man, if you'll just look around, God is always talking. Are we taking the time to listen? He might show you something in the clouds. He might show you something in the grass. He might show you something in a mosquito, man. I don't know. But God says, if you'll seek me, you will find me promise he says if you knock on that door that door will be open to you and he says if you're willing to give me your life I will take it and you will have no regrets so today let's stand let's stand today we're going to open up the altars again I beg of the church body today that we get past this checklist religion that we so often live in, that it's not something that we just 
mark off our list of things to do in that day. Like I said, it's a great starting point to say, hey, at 9 o'clock, I'm going to put everything aside and I'm going to pray. But don't put on there, I'm going to be done at 9.05. You put on there a starting point and you pray as long as it takes. We've got to have an intimate relationship with God to know what God's voice sounds like, to know what God's presence feels like. Because the world's throwing all kinds of garbage at us and we've got to know what to pick out, what is good, what is pure, what is holy, and what is righteous. That way, not just for our own salvation, but we can help other people get there as well, right? Because it's not all about us. We need to be able to help other people understand. I had an atheist ask me one time, how do you know when God's talking to you? He was serious. We'd been talking for over two hours already. He said, how do you know when God is talking to you? You know what my best answer was? You'll just know. You'll just know when God starts talking to you. But spend this season, if everything's going good, then spend this season in the presence of God and everything going good just to find Him, just to create and get that relationship deeper. Spend time with Him in the good season. That way when you're on your knees in the bad season, that relationship is already established. You're already in the presence of God when you get there. If you're looking for it today, today's a day of change. I came here this morning seeking the divine encounter of God, and I believe that God is here seeking a divine encounter with us. Allow the Spirit to move on you this morning, that you leave a different person than which you came because you desire to be more than what you are now. I pray that there's a desire to grow deeper in a relationship with God today, tomorrow, the next day. So if you missed your chance at the beginning or you need another chance now, now is your chance. The altars are open. We need to pray. We need to establish a relationship with the loving God.